Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Holly's Wolf lives with her wild toddler in a log cabin in the bush. She's a filmmaker, freelance writer, performer and smutty spoken word artist and is the coordinator of Rainbow Families Queensland. I find it really hard to come. This is surprising because in the past when people used to refer to me, they'd um, call me a hedonistic Holly or hypersexual Holly or in my 20s, homewrecker Holly <laughs> or in my teens, head job Holly. But the moment I started trying to become a solo parent by choice, it got really hard to come. It's a little known fact that if you want to make a baby, it's a good idea for both of you to have an orgasm, which is surprising considering how many straight people manage to get knocked up. (laughs) Hey, God knows what they do in their own private lives. What I do know is how to make queer spawn. It's surprising and kind of concerning how few queers know about this stuff. When I finally managed to get up the duff, I began to realise there's this really big gap in queer sex ed. You know, I mean, we talk about sex all the time. It's kind of how we define ourselves. And yet, uh, the amount of people who came up to me when I was pregnant, and this is queers, mind you, who said, so did you have sex with your donor? It was astounding. I'm like, ooh, why would I? He's as camp as all fuck and I'm... (laughs) No. (laughs) And it made me realise that queers don't really know where babies come from. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you a little story. When a person with some sperm and a person with a uterus love each other very much... (laughs) ..as friends... The person with the sperm jerks off in your kitchen into a Homer Simpson mug while you're pretending to hang the washing out outside. And then eventually, because you know it might take him a while, eventually he comes running out in a bit of a fluster. It's like, it's in there, this is so fucking weird, I can't deal with this. I'm going for a walk. Good luck. And I'm like, God, he's such a wuss. I'm fine with this. So I go into my lounge and, um, oh my fucking God, there's my friend's orgasm on my table. (laughs) This is so weird. So I pick it up. Can't look, can't look, can't look. And um, I do what anyone would do with a a mug of sperm. I take it to the bedroom. (laughs) Ba-da-dum-bum, ba-dum-bum-bum. And I have a syringe with me, not one with a needle. Uh, like a liquid medicine syringe. So you suck it all up into the syringe. And then at this point, it's a good idea to get down on the ground and get your legs in the air, girl. So um, you get your legs in the air and then you very slowly insert it and coat your cervix with your friend's orgasm. Love that word, coat. I'm going to coat my cervix with your cum. And at this point, it's also optimal for you to come because it makes your cervix contract and theoretically sucks the sperm up into your uterus. 
So, um, you know, you're about to conceive your child here, so you want to be thinking beautiful, spiritual, pure thoughts. So you're, you're picturing lambs frolicking in spring and flowers bursting into bloom and, yeah, you're as dry as lake air three years into a drought. <laughs> and if you're like me, and at this point I hadn't been around a hell of a lot of sperm, you've probably also forgotten that it really fucking stinks. So you're trying to make yourself come, and all you can smell is your friend's come because the mug is right next to you. And if you're doing it alone like me, there's no one to move it. And you can't put your legs down because you don't want any of that precious sperm to dribble out. So you've got to keep your legs up. So you've got to, yeah. Um, so you do what anyone else would do in my situation, and you revert to porn, of course. And, of course, your phone is on the other side of the bed. So you've got to shuffle across with your legs in the air. Shuffle back with your legs in the air. Okay, here we go. We're going to do this right. Don't worry, little darlings. You know, sperm has a shelf life, by the way, so you've got to, you've got to come within a certain amount of time. Mum is going to come. Don't worry. We're going to do this right. We're going to look at some PC feminist porn. <laughs> Crash pad. Oh, two butchers in a barber shop. Why not? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, hang on a sec, is that my ex? <laughs> and my friend? Fuck. Don't worry, darlings, Mama's gonna come. I'm gonna find something better, don't worry. We're gonna do this, we're gonna come, okay. Mama's gonna come, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, Mama's gonna come, oh, Mama's gonna come, yeah. Oh, fuck, oh, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, Mama's coming, Mama's coming, oh, oh, oh. And you've just conceived your child looking at some bleached, blonde, heteronormative, <laughs> shaved, cheerleader, gangbang porn. <laughs> Luckily it didn't work and I ended up doing IVF. <laughs> Fast forward to me being eight months pregnant and I'm still finding it hard to come. I've had six months of morning sickness, so there's been no coming there. And um, now I've got three months to go until the baby arrives and ruins my sex life forever. So I've got desperate and I've gone on Tinder, where I keep getting ghosted for being pregnant. For fuck's sake, I'm looking for a fuck, not a co-parent. So I'm eight months pregnant when I finally hit the jackpot. A kinky queer in Brisbane who wants to tie me up. So I fly from Sydney to visit her for a long weekend. Just before they stop letting me fly for being too pregnant. Now, I'm used to a bit of pre-sex negotiation because I'm in the kink scene, you know, but we spend at least an hour talking about what she can and can't do to me. I can't be upside down because of my heartburn, can't stand up for too long because my feet ache, can't lie on my left side for too long, can't lie on my right side at all. Find it hard to come unless I'm on my back, but can't be on my back for too long either. And if I'm on my back, I need to be propped up with cushions, otherwise I feel nauseous. Can't fuck in the kitchen because the smell of anything food-related makes me nauseous too. Can't be tied up around my stomach because that also makes me feel nauseous. So I end up being tied up while sitting comfortably on the kitchen chair. <laughs> and then when I finally do come, I get thrush. 
This is a recurring injustice in my life. <laughs> After a long weekend of hot sex, I can feel a bit of an itch. Good old Candida is on her way to stay and I need to move fast. So I get Tinder date to take me to the chemist to get me some cream. Except I pretend I just need some earplugs. <laughs> so while she's off looking at crystal deodorants, I sidle up to the counter. I'll have some earplugs, thanks, and some thrush cream. <laughs> the assistant guy goes to hand me the box and says, here you go, ma'am, one tube of thrush cream, shh, and some earplugs. I just need to check that you're not pregnant. I mean, at this point, my stomach was like out here. Um, kinda? Well, I can't let you have the applicator then, he says. You might accidentally break your own waters. For those of you who haven't had a baby, this is A, incredibly hard to do, and B, would hurt so fucking much that you would stop immediately. But hey, pregnant people are practically children themselves and can't be trusted with their own bodies. And I'm about to ask him how the fuck I'm supposed to get the cream inside me, eat it? But of course, by this point, Tinder woman is on her way over to me. So I'm like, I promise I'll be careful with it. Please, just give it to me, please. I've been using this stuff my whole adult life and I've never damaged my cervix, please. I reach for the box, but the assistant snatches it away and goes to get the chemist. Tinder date is now beside me and I'm desperately trying to get rid of her. I'll meet you in the car, baby. They're just having a lot of trouble finding the right earplugs for me. I've got really big ear canals. <laughs> uh, but the chemist interjects, waving the thrush cream in the air as she heads towards me. Hi, ma'am, about your thrush cream. Shh. I just need to make sure you won't use the applicator. And the most ridiculous part of this whole situation is that what the chemist doesn't know is that in the last three days, I've had two different sets of fingers inside me. I've had two different fists. I've had two different cocks at the same time. I've had a speculum. And by this point, Tinder Date is grinning because she happens to know that I've even had a soul string of fairy lights inside me. <laughs> but the pharmacist turns to me and says, I'm just going to take the applicator out of the packet to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, share your favourite stories on socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider signing up to my Patreon. The link's in the podcast description. Stay safe.